0: Seventy-eight, And I am recording this podcast in the very, very, very early morning hours Because that is one of the few times that I can record without interruptions And additionally, the, this kind of um, time that I'm recording this This early morning sort of spectral non-hour Is a good time to be recording the, the content that I'm recording today. You'll understand, I think, a little bit more about that as I get going. You'll notice, I'm sure, that there is some spooky music that is starting the podcast off. You might be wondering, why so spooky? What's up with that? A little bit weird, man. Uh, And I'm going to be, hopefully, answering that question uh, in just a little bit here, because in this episode from 78, what I'm going to be talking about is... an idea, a concept that is important, I think, to the From 78 Project. Uh, What is that idea? What is that concept? So glad you asked. It is the concept of hauntology. I'm going to spell that for you. H-A-U-N-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Hauntology. The study of haunting. Now, why would I be talking about that idea on this podcast. Now, if you remember, in the pilot episode, episode number one, I said that this podcast was going to be a couple of different things, but mainly it was going to be a podcast about people in time. That was how I saw it anyways, but I attempted to explain in that episode. It would be about kind of exploring the phenomenon that is our subjective experience as we move through time. And, I, you know, I kind of explained how I would do that, interviews, talking to people and, you know, saying, you know, talking to people who are older than me, who are from before 78, and, you know, saying like, hey, look into the past, tell me what you can see, and talking to people who are younger than me, you know, who are younger than from 78, and saying like, hey, look over the horizon and into the future and tell me what you see there, and I, I want to do that. But um, after I recorded that first episode, you know, I was thinking about it, and, uh, as happens very often to me, uh, this, I, this other idea popped into my head and I was like, Oh, that would have been a really good thing to include in that episode. Bummer that I didn't include it. And then I thought like, well, you know, don't worry about it too much because it's a podcast. You can just make another episode and include it in that, which is what I'm doing right now. And it's this, this, idea of hauntology. So let me tell you a little bit about this idea. So, um, first we're, we're, if you're interested in reading more about this, where can you do that? Um, Because I learned about this idea through reading. This is not like an original idea that I came up with on my own. So the first place I encountered the concept of hauntology was in reading the book Specters of Marx* by Jacques Derrida. Uh, I had tried to read Derrida quite a few times before I attempted to read that book. I tried to start with something really hard. I think I tried to start reading Derrida with the book of Grammatology, which I still have not successfully read, by the way. And, you know, it just beat me every time. I I would sit down and I'd be like, oh, I've got this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to understand it. I'm committing. And then, no, uh, I <laughs> I just didn't understand it. It was too hard. And so I, I uncommitted fairly quickly. I think I tried reg- of grammatology like three times. That sounds right. Maybe even more than that, but at least three for sure. And then, uh, I don't know what it was. Some I, I think somebody told me like... Uh, it, that it's a bad starting point and that a better starting point was the Spectres of Marx. And so I said, oh, ah, okay, cool. You know, I got a, got a copy of it at a used bookstore. Um, uh, started to read it and I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually way easier than of grammatology. Like, this is actually understandable. I, I get this and I, I read it and um, the, this idea of hauntology was presented in there. Then, uh, quite a few, quite a while, after my encounter with Specters of Marx, I started to, I, well, I read a, a book called Capitalist Realism by a dude named Mark Fisher, which is a, a very small book, but it's jam-packed with amazingness. And I really liked it. And then, you know, later on, I read another book by Mark Fisher. And, uh, I, I actually don't know what the, the title of the second book was, uh, I'll put it, and I don't want to mess it up, so I'm just if you just go to the show notes at from78.com, you'll get this. But anyways, it was another book by Mark Fisher, and he talked about the idea of hauntology in, in that book, too. I think it's called Ghosts of My Life. That sounds right. It might not be right, but I think it's right. So either way, from78.com, that's where you can find out for sure. So that's where I, I first encountered the idea of hauntology. And, you know, it sat in my brain and uh, sort of in a box, unopened for a while, then I recorded the pilot episode of From 78. And, uh, you know, I kind of went, I, after doing that, I was sort of, I guess, mentally rummaging around in my brain trying to find some cool things that I could use on this podcast. And I happened upon the box that had hauntology in it. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's good. I'm, I think I need to use that. Okay, so enough preface. Let's get into the concept itself. So the idea of hauntology is that everybody, you know, you, me, all the people we know, we're all haunted, every single one of us, we're all haunted on a personal level. And in addition to that, we're, we're haunted on kind of like bigger levels too. So, uh, you know, as individuals we're haunted, but our families, our families are haunted. And our societies or cultures, those are haunted too, right? So you can go all the way down to an individual person and that individual person will be haunted. You can go all the way up to like you know big societies. You can I think you can take this idea all the way up to the the entire human species is haunted by some things, right? Um, but everybody, every group, every culture, every society is all haunted. What are they haunted by? Again, so glad you asked. We're haunted by ghosts or specters or something like that um, by things. That are there, but also not there. Uh, what Derrida would call an absent presence or a present absence. What does that mean? So, and I'll try to give you some examples after I explain what this means, uh, or at least that's that's my intention here. There, there are things that happened to us in our past. There are. Things that did exist, and when they existed, they had an impact on us in some way, shape, or form. Uh, And then time went by, and that experience came to an end. That thing stopped existing. But even though that thing, that experience is now uh, dead, it's not here, it's not happening in our present, it kind of lingers on in the form of a memory. And uh, that, that's what a specter is, that's what a ghost is in this idea of hauntology. It's this idea that people have affected us and then they've died, but their memory, it, it continues to linger on, it continues to be in our lives. And, and in a sense, since that, that memory is there, it's almost as if that person, even though they're not physically here, continues to be here in this sort of ghosty way, in this present but absent, absent but present, here but not really here kind of way. Uh, the memory continues to exert some kind of an effect on, on you, on me, on us. Um, we all have, you know, the, the, the ghosts of people who are important to us who have died and, and those ghosts, they're still with us in a certain way there's um another really interesting thinker actually named pauline boss who has uh, kind of created this whole theory called ambiguous loss and uh, you can look her up if you're interested in finding out more about that just google ambiguous loss and i'm sure you'll find stuff but what's really cool about that idea and how i imagine it kind of connects to hauntology is that you know uh, ghosts they're ambiguous they're 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 here with us like I said in the form of a memory or whatever but they're not we can't interact with them so it's also like they're not here at the same time and you probably get this and I'm belaboring the point but I don't know it just seems important to me to to really try to spell this out so that's that's on a personal level kick it up a notch. Let's talk about families. So um sometimes there might be somebody who was a member of a family who I guess you, you'd, you'd say they were maybe like the load-bearing wall that an entire family kind of was built around. They were, they were the person who uh, I guess you'd say held the family together or maybe the opposite. Maybe they're the, the person who, who they weren't a load-bearing wall. They were the person who didn't hold the family together. They were the person who ensured that the family would be kept apart, right? And then that person died, Um, but their memory kind of lingers on, you know, in each individual member of the family's mind, so that that memory haunts each person. and Since it's haunting each person, it could be said that that uh, person, that that this memory also simultaneously haunts the entire family. You know, you with me on that? I think you're smart. You get it. Uh, so let's kick it up a couple, a few more notches. Let's take this all the way up to the idea of a society. So I'm recording this in Illinois, not that far from Chicago, United States of America, and uh, the United States of America is this uber capitalist country. And for a long, long time, I, I think this is my read on things. Anyways, you might disagree, uh, but I would say that that capitalism wasn't the only act in town, right, for a long, now, I would say that it is, to be clear, right, I would say that capitalism has kind of infected, worked its way into every single part of human society all over the entire world. Everybody, everybody, everybody's being affected by capitalism in some way. But for a while, it was competing with this other idea, you could call it socialism or communism. Uh, You know, I think either will do. There was this, this, the thing that wasn't capitalism was this huge idea of how people could be economically organized in, uh, in a collective society. And it was saying that there, it was different, markedly different than the idea of capitalism. And so then there was this huge thing called the Cold War, where the United States was kind of like the prime example of a society organized around capitalism. And it was cold warring with the USSR, Soviet Russia you know, which was the society that was primarily organized around this idea of communism or or socialism. And uh, they were going at it for a long time. Well, around 1989, 1990, things don't go so good for the the communist side of things. The Berlin Wall comes down and communism pretty much implodes. It, It can't keep up with capitalism. Capitalism wins the Cold War. And then it becomes kind of the only act in town. And it's been the only act in town since, you know, the very early 90s. And so it's it's been the only act in town now for a while. Be that as it may, the ghost, the specter of Marx, as Derrida would say, the specter of communism, the, the specter of socialism, the memory of it, continues to exist in the form of a memory. The idea of socialism continues to exist in the form of a, you know, ephemeral idea. But it isn't being currently enacted, at least not on any kind of uh, social major societal level, not the way that it was prior to, say, like 1989 anyways. Uh, some people might say there's little you know, pockets of socialism and communism existing and wherever. Maybe that's true. Um, maybe it's not. I don't know. But uh, I, I think I can unequivocally say that it does not exist to the same extent that capitalism does. Right? It does not exist to the same extent that it once did. Socialism, communism does not have a, a nation state like Soviet Russia that can kind of uh, be its uh, proof of concept. It's it's um, here I am in action sort of thing. Right. Cool. We got that. Now, maybe some people would say, what about China? They'd say, hey, isn't China a communist country? And we could debate that. I would say it's not. I would say it's state sponsored capitalism. And it just kind of is wearing a t-shirt that says communist, but it's not. (laughs) That's a cul-de-sac. I want to go down it. I'm not going to go down it. Uh, Let's get back to hauntology here for a second. So I was talking about the idea of socialism and communism. And I'm suggesting that that idea continues to haunt. You know, now. It doesn't exist. It's not here. There's not something we can point to and go, them over there, they're the communists. They're the socialists. Watch out for them but but even though it doesn't exist it it sort of exists in the form of a memory in the form of an idea and that idea that memory continues to haunt capitalism here and now Okay, so there we go. That's my explanation of And yeah, Hopefully you're fascinated. I really, really hope that you are, because I, I truly believe that this is a, a w- wickedly fascinating idea. It's super cool to think about this stuff. So why am I talking about it on this podcast, which you know originally was going to be just kind of about people and time? Well, I think that when I talk to people about their experience of being a person who has been thrown into and is now falling through time Uh, one of the things which is going to come up is the idea of hauntology i'm going to be asking them hey you familiar with this concept do you know what it is and maybe they will be maybe they're they won't be if they're not i'll tell them about it but then i also want to talk with people about what it is that haunts them I want to talk to them about their ghosts, the, the good ones and the bad ones. I don't want to make it sound as though all ghosts are, you know, kind of out to get you, haunting you in some sort of, like, not fun way. I, I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that there are some times that uh, there are some ghosts haunting us, and we like it. We enjoy it. We enjoy their, their presence. We would rather maybe that, that they weren't a ghost, that they were real, or that it wasn't a ghost, that it was real, if we're talking about an idea. Um, but we enjoy it. We enjoy that presence of that ghost, and I'm willing to also, you know, state that I'm very positive that they're going to. Everybody is also haunted by ghosts or by ideas that they wish they weren't doing this again on a social level. Here, the the Holocaust, the Holocaust is something that happened during World War II. It's not happening now, but the idea, the memory of that event, continues to haunt. I can remember. Being in middle school, and uh, I think I was in a history class in middle school. It was I was in a history class, and when we got to the point in the year where we were studying World War II and the Holocaust, I remember the the teacher of that class actually had people who had survived the Holocaust, who had been in concentration camps, come in, and they were they were phys- their bodies, their living bodies, were physically in a classroom in front of my living body and they were telling me about what they went through, and they were telling the other students in the class what they went through. And we could talk to them. They could come around and they could show us the tattoo of numbers on their arm. We could see them and touch them and talk to them. They were alive. Well, you know, as time goes on, those people have gotten older and older, and there's going to be a point when there are no more living survivors of the Holocaust. You know, at that point, I would say the Holocaust will definitely pass into... Full on ghost mode, and it it will haunt. I hope it will haunt (laughs) society, right? Because if it doesn't, that would be bad. It'd be bad not to be haunted by the Holocaust. We should be haunted by the Holocaust. It is good to be haunted slash reminded about the Holocaust, what it is, what it did, all that stuff. You know. So that's. I didn't know I was going to talk about that. That's not in my notes. I'm looking at notes. It's not there. I just kind of threw that in. That was a riff. Um, So anyways, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I hope I'll I'll get a chance to talk to people about on this podcast. And, you know, occasionally I'm sure I'll do shows like this, solo shows, just me in the microphone, maybe in the small hours of the morning, maybe at some other time of day, where I'll talk to you about my experience of being, you know, thrown into time and then falling through time. Talk about what that's been like for me. Talk about what haunts me, because I want to talk about it, I guess. I think that that's an important thing. This comes up a lot in, the, in, in clinical work, I think, that people might do. If you're a psychoanalyst or if you're a psychotherapist, I would guess that a lot of the work that you do is eventually helping people understand what it is that haunts them and why it haunts them. Maybe change their relationship to the things that haunt them. Maybe not. I don't know. But that's kind of it. And, uh, you know, I've rambled on and on now for a long enough time. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to this podcast that i've recorded the sun is starting to come up the sky is turning from that color of gray to sort of the color of sky the day is getting started Uh, so that's what i'm going to go do now i'm about to go and start my day whatever you're about to go do after you're done listening to this i hope that you have fun when you do it i hope that you enjoy yourself doing whatever it is that you're about to go do and uh you know until next time folks leave a stand on the silence i'm from 78